1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Hour. I'm Mike Austin with us tonight. Of course, the Saints' executive vice president and general manager Mickey Loomis, and congratulations! A win over the Falcons in Week One, win over the Falcons in Week Fifteen. You sweep a division rival. You do. You stay alive. I mean, that's it's a win is a win is a win, right? I mean, it's it's all you can do at this juncture.
3: Yeah, look, uh, um, wins have been harder to come by this year, and uh, it was good to win. It's always good to beat Atlanta. Uh, regardless of what the records are. Um, so I thought there were some really good things that we did in the game and a and, few uh, things that, that really kept it uh, um, as a close game. They did a good job running the ball, but we turned it over uh, you know, deep in their territory um, at one point, and I, I felt like, well, we could have went up uh, by three scores um, if we hadn't done that. And uh, But, look, it was good to win the game let's talk
2: about some of the good rather than me kind of ask you about certain people, I guess, just give me your thoughts when you say, Hey, we did some good things. We did some bad things. And what, talk about what some of the positives, uh, either player wise or, uh, you know, system formation, uh, offense or defense, you took away from that victory.
3: Yeah. I, look, I think, you know, we're going to these games and we're trying to, you know, the, thing, the things that have been getting at speed more often than not have been turnovers and penalties. And, and, uh, yeah, we had the one turnover, but we got one uh, back later in the game. So the turnover takeaway rate uh, uh, battle was even. Um, look, I thought Andy was really efficient and had a nice game. We ran the ball pretty well. You know, we had 34 uh, carries, 134 yards. Um, we had uh, some good performances from Juwan Johnson. Um, Rashid Shaheed had a couple big plays again. For us, um, Chris Olave was steady, and and uh, look, I thought I thought that, that a lot of our young guys played well. I thought the the offensive line um, did a nice job. We gave up two sacks, but uh, you know I think one for sure was coverage uh, as opposed to um, um, you know just the pass rush, and and uh, so I think there's some good things there defensively. Um, we knew they were going to run the ball. They're very efficient running it. They they, they keep running it. it. You don't like giving up 231 yards. We had a couple, a uh, number of explosive plays in the run game. A 43 yard run by their running back uh, was really you know a big play for them. Um, so you don't like to see that. And yet, and when it counted, I thought our defense stood up and and played well. Is it easy
2: at this juncture? For- from internally to kind of live in your world, don't worry about any other team and what they're doing because, you know, I know there's there are mathematical scenarios, but for the most part, you have to live in your world, which is win, win your final three games, and don't worry about what's happening elsewhere.
3: Yeah, I think, look, we're just focused on winning the next game, whatever the next game is. And, and uh, look, that's regardless of whether or not we end up you know, making the playoffs because there's a lot to play for. You know, we have we have a, we've got a lot of young players on our team that are developing, and so we're paying attention to that. We've got we've got uh, um, <clears throat> you know a, a, a new coaching staff, although a lot of the same members, and so that's meshing. Where there's there's just a lot to see and evaluate um, as we go forward, and we've got the luxury of still being uh, in the playoff hunt, so we've got a lot to play for.
2: Has that been one of the issues of the the kind of the inconsistency? like you know you're trying to put together a streak down the stretch here, but you just haven't really been able to put that back to back game yet. No back to back wins, been not saying that you haven't played well back to back. I think you play really well back to back in week five, Seattle, week six, Cincinnati. but is it that is it that kind of thing where you talk about we got to just get get two together, get be consistent week to week.
3: Yeah, I mean, we we talk about that, but um, look, I I think our guys from week to week are playing hard. We're doing a lot of good things, but but there's also these things that are you know getting us beat. I mentioned them earlier. I, you know, I think it's been largely turnovers and, and penalties that that have gotten us beat. We've had uh, a couple of occasions where we could you know make a big play uh, toward the end of the game, and, and we haven't been able to do that. But but there's been a lot of good plays made too. So. Um, I, I, you, you know, you said the key word there is just finding a level of consistency, and and um, I think there are signs of
2: that. And so even from a turnover standpoint, it feels like, and we've talked about they come in bunches, and we always talk about the really when we the giveaways and not so much the takeaways. But the Tampa game um, with the fumble recovery and the interception by Davis, and you kind, man, if you know, it's not, it's not like there aren't opportunities. Several opportunities in the Atlanta game, and it kind of feels like that that pendulum from a fan standpoint, it feels like it's turning a little bit. Is that is that accurate?
3: Yeah, well, I, I do think, you know, one of the things you said was that uh, they come in bunches, and I, I think takeaways do come in bunches, and the ball, you know, sort of uh, seems to find you at times. And look, we've had our hands on a lot of balls. <laughs> we've had a lot of interceptions, uh, almost interceptions. Um, you know, we have one, a couple in the game uh, Sunday uh, Alante had his hands on a ball that uh, probably would have went, you know, 97 yards per touchdown the other direction. And then he, he made a great catch and interception um, later in the game and just didn't quite get the second foot down in time. So they're they're coming. They're, they're, I, I feel like they're coming and the dam's going to break, but it hasn't done that yet.
2: Talk about uh, Taylor, uh, like kind of like lava it, it just feels – there have been times when Olave makes a catch, and I'm, I'm like, that's classic Olave. Well, the kid's are rookie, but it just feels like they're not rookies anymore. And I think for this past weekend, I don't know if I ever said or watched a, a young player like Taylor blanket receivers as much as he did. He had three passes defense, but he also, I mean, he was just, he, he, he forced incompletions. He has become kind of that, man, I, I mean, just a, from a rookie standpoint, what an unbelievable stand-up corner he's already is, right?
3: Yeah, I think. Well, look, I don't know that I'd say it quite there yet because, you know, I think there's a lot of room for him to grow. And, and look, he's done a great job of developing and, and um, made made a lot of plays for us. I, I think when you look when we look at the end of the year and we look at the production at that position, um, we're going to be really impressed with with the season that he's had. Uh, and yet. I think he would be the first one to say is that he's got a long way to go and, and there are other plays that can be made and and uh but it, it's look it's exciting to see a young player come in be put on an island um which all these corners are and and uh do a really good job of performing
2: and while we're here talking about draft picks and we talked about Olave and uh alante uh is are we seeing basically what is a typical kind of rookie mistakes from Trevor Penning because of a guy who didn't get the uh, luxury of playing, you know, early on because of the injury. So he's kind of forced into it. So we're seeing kind of rookie mistakes, you know, uh, learning on the job.
3: Yeah. Well, look, I think uh, again, you know, it's his. Um, I think it's his second game back. So you know, even he's missed a lot of time because of the injury. He had a training camp, um, got through that, and then got hurt. You know, basically week one. Um, and hasn't been able to practice and certainly not been able to play for, um, you know, the better part of our season. So this is this is like preseason games almost for him. And you know, you're going to have that. You're going to have uh, uh, the occasional hiccup, um, you know, false start, those, those sort of things. But he's also done some really good things. And, and uh, I think all of us inside our building are excited about the future for Trevor Penning.
2: We will take a break. You are listening to the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect, impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: We are speaking with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And let's, for a a second, we'll go back to uh, the team and some, some other factors from the Atlanta game. But let's talk about Cleveland and its... It was always going to be cold we knew that and that was is what it is but the this decision to kind of have to push things forward leave earlier just kind of prepare for kind of worst case scenarios and uh, you know and snow now being a, a, a major possible impact I guess just give me a sense of what it's been like the last 24 36 hours and having to make those kind of decisions and the challenges of doing such
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, no different than, than, uh, you know, being here in New Orleans, sometimes we have weather challenges and and the challenge in Cleveland is they've got a snowstorm uh, coming with some high winds and, and, uh, some freezing temperatures. And so, you know, the first thing about that is that we have to, Hey, how can we get into, how can we get our team into Cleveland safely to, uh, to play the game on Saturday? And so, you know, the word is is that we're going to have to fly uh, on Thursday in order to in, uh, ensure that we're uh, that we're there uh, in, on Friday because Friday looks like it's going to be a little tougher time to get into Cleveland. So that's the first thing. And then, you know, when that happens, obviously leaving on Friday as opposed to leaving on Sat or uh, Friday after leaving on Thursday as opposed to leaving on uh, Friday afternoon changes our schedule and so Dennis and our coaching staff are going to have to adjust the schedule accordingly and, and um, they will this isn't um, you know it's not like we have to leave, leave in the middle of, of the week you know like on a Wednesday and and, uh, and affect uh, our preparation we're going to be able to get our practices in that we would normally get uh, for two days and then um, you know our final practice is the one that's going to be affected.
2: So I guess really from an organizational standpoint, the challenges of one, I guess, do you have to find a practice facility in Cleveland? And and it's not like if this was, you know, just the storm. It's also, by the way, Christmas weekend and and hotel staff and all of that stuff. I imagine there must be uh, at Saints Drive right now a lot of moving parts.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, look, we have two great guys and, and Derek Samos and, and Jay will make handling the logistics behind that. Yes. There's, there's an additional night at the hotel. There's, there's other meals to be served. There's the good news is that look, the Friday practice is pretty much a walkthrough. So it's, it's not, um, a full dressed out practice. It's a walkthrough. And so we'll be able to find a place that can accommodate that for us. Um, and then it's just a matter of, of, um, uh, the hotel uh, being available, which it is, and, and uh, you know, getting the meal service taken care of. And and like I said, Derek and, and Jay have been through this drill a number of times, and we'll get that accommodated.
2: And the last aspect of this question, because it's, it's got so many kind of tiers to it, is you've got your equipment side. You've got a whole department trying to figure out, okay, well, what do i you know thermals gloves uh, every imaginable size cleat uh that, that that you have so there's a lot of, of of different territories and departments that are really you know going full speed right now
3: yeah look the challenge of this is is, is when you're playing outdoors in in uh, you know this kind of weather we're going to end up taking about twice as much equipment as we normally do and so that's that's a burden that falls on our equipment department. Um, John Baumgartner and Corey Day uh, do a great job of, of getting us packed and prepared. And then we truck up um, a large portion of that equipment. And so we just gotta make sure that that's there and available. Um, you know, the, the, the guys that handle that transportation are gonna have to deal with, with the weather elements on their way up there. So, um, but we, I think we've got a good plan. In place to uh, get our
2: team taken care of. I know you're a huge, just football fan in general. You tell me all the time that you that you watch it all the time. And we just completed week 15, which was the most unusual week of of football, considering you go Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I mean, what did you watch? What, What? was there anything that stuck out uh, of, of the games or maybe, you know, Cincinnati's big comeback or Minnesota's or kind of New England, Vegas? I mean, there's so much craziness this past week.
3: Yeah, you know, I feel like this has been one of those years that uh, there's just been a lot of unusual things happen, um, crazy endings, uh, crazy beginnings. Obviously, you know, we have our eye on the Tampa uh, game and they jump out to that 17-0 lead and it's like oh gosh you know that that's not in our favor and then all of a sudden um it's boom 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 and cincinnati's right back right back in it and then on top and and uh so look that's good for us uh so we like that and then you know you culminate that with with uh you know the end of the new england uh uh raiders game and you know every once in a while there's something that happens that you've never seen before and that was one for me. I, I hadn't seen that before, and that's a tough way to lose the game. That was – I
2: don't think anybody's ever seen that one before. I think you're you're 100% correct on that. And each week we always – and you talked about it a little bit before, and that was the turnovers and, and maybe they come in how – they're coming in bunches and stuff. And I was looking at the NFL stats, and so there are 14 teams who are on the plus side of the turnover differential. Only one team is at zero, and 17 teams – are in the minus category, but only three of those teams, three of seventeen, are plus five hundred. Miami is one of them, and they're minus two. Washington is one of them, they're minus two. Kansas City, at eleven and three, is one of them. They're they're minus six, so they're kind of the outlier of this group. But it's something we talk about each week, and it just shows you. I mean, three. If you're going to turn the ball over more than you take it away, you're most likely going to be sub five hundred.
3: Yeah, that that's. that's- Look, it's the key stat um, every year relative to you know winning and losing, and and every once in a while you're right. There's a team like Kansas City that that can overcome uh, turnovers. and Generally speaking, the teams that have been like that historically have been really explosive uh, offensive teams, and I, you know I think as I recall um, the St. Louis Rams when they had the you know greatest show on turf, they they. Uh, a high turnover team but they were so explosive offensively that that they could overcome it so um, but it doesn't happen very often
2: right now buffalo's i i for whatever reason buffalo has been my default like you can you can give it away a lot they've had 21 turnovers but they got 22 takeaways so you you can be you know good still but you gotta you gotta if you're gonna do one uh you gotta do both more with Saints General Manager Mickey Loomis after this timeout on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We are speaking with Saints General Manager uh, Mickey Loomis, Executive Vice President. Saints five and nine heading to Cleveland on Saturday. Kind of a, a short week for the Saints who have to travel. A long week for Cleveland who's coming off of a win. I don't know, but you watched much of that Baltimore game, uh, but you know, thirteen to three. Uh, Any win over a, a Baltimore team, and you know, for, for them, is is big. And so, you're, you're, they're six and eight. They're a, a hungry team, like yourself.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's getting back into the swing of playing football after a long way up and and so it's going to be a challenge. And uh, you know, the weather, number one, is going to be a challenge. And and secondly, and and probably more importantly. The Cleveland Browns are going to be a challenge. They've got uh, they've got a lot of good players on their roster, and uh, I'm sure they're hungry for a win. A few players.
2: Because this team's always had such a great reputation for the undrafted free agents, and you look at a Jawan Johnson, who's a converted wide receiver to tight end, Rashid Shaheed, uh, Taysom Hill from the waiver wire in Green Bay. I guess just let's start with Jawan. I mean, he was your he was your leader in touchdowns with five, added two more. He just seems to be it's a like an evolution and a progression with him uh, each week as he gets better. Yeah, and look, he's he's uh, you
3: know you can see the confidence. Uh, building in him and look i think he's got the second most touchdowns of any tight end in our league right now and so um it's good to see his development um and and look he's just embraced the move the position move um he's a great teammate smart player and and look i don't think he's come close to reaching his ceiling yet and probably the same with Rashid
2: Shahid, right? I mean, he had the, again coming off of a uh, knee injury from from Weber State, and, and didn't see him much because you know he, he wasn't uh, wasn't ready to play. But he just, I mean, every, you know, he's when, that big play potential is always there when he's on the field.
3: Yeah, and look, that's a credit to you know our scouting staff who was really high on him. Um, and look, it was unfortunate because he really didn't have much of an off season. He was injured the whole time. He didn't have. Much of a training camp, uh, and yet when 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 he was healthy enough to start practicing, you could immediately see um, the speed and the different um, the different level of explosiveness that he had. Look, our, I, I remember talking to one of our strength coaches um, late in training camp, and he was just marvelled at the the explosive ability that Rashid had. And, uh, look, I don't think any of us expected him to have the opportunity. Um, to make plays this season just because he had missed so much of the offseason. But when he got the opportunity, um, right from the very first opportunity, first carry, uh, he's been a big play threat for us. And you can see the development. And, again, here's a player that has uh, um, a really high ceiling.
2: And finally, because you talked about the scouting staff and the job that they had done, we're going to speak with Jeff Ireland next, the, the director of your, your college scouting personnel. I guess from, from your standpoint as a general manager, how, where is your is your, what, what percentage of your focus is on NFL, Pro, Saints, next game, but you've also got college bowls and, and looking at those players and thinking about drafts. So I imagine you're probably living in a couple of worlds.
3: Yeah, although, look, I think that the college evaluation process, although it's ongoing and, and our scouts and our college scouting staff is deep into it, um, here in the building we won't, really dive into that until the season's over um and look you know we just have a lot of confidence in in jeff and in our entire staff over there they'll do it. they are doing and have done a great job and and we'll be well prepared and then we'll you know we being dennis and i and our our coaching staff will be proud of brought up to speed um right after the regular season as we get into uh, you know the bowl games and and uh the All-Star Games, and then the Combine and, and ultimately the draft preparation. Thank
2: you, sir. First things first, Cleveland on Saturday, Christmas Eve. Thanks for your time, as always, Mickey. And safe travels, and best of luck up in Cleveland.
3: Yep, thank you, Mike. Bring your heavy coat.
2: You bet. I certainly will. Gloves as well. Let's pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We are in the midst of the college bowl season, and coming up next, as mentioned, Jeff Ireland, the vice president and assistant general manager and director of college scouting on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. I'm Mike Hoss. We are joined by Jeff Ireland, now the vice president, assistant general manager, also the director of college personnel and uh, big friend of the show. We've talked before and talked a lot last year. And I guess give me a sense of, of your world right now as the director of from a college scouting in the middle of bowl, or I should say the middle, by the early part of, of bowl season, um, and, and and where things are for just like the penultimate, the, the, the big finale uh, of, of watching college players.
4: Well. Uh, there's no finale of watching college (laughs) um we uh that's a constant uh year-round event but uh the college season is ending and it does mean a little bit for us um guys that are on the road quite a bit during the during the fall season so you know all my scouts were just in town this last week we met uh pretty much every day last week and um so we just kind of we need to kind of go over the players that we're interested in. Uh, we kind of start trimming the fat a little bit in terms of who we need to concentrate, who we need to get another look on. Um, and so that process is continuous. But, um, you know, bowl seasons, who's going to what bowls, uh, all-star games are coming up in the middle of January, late January, February. Uh, so we make uh, concessions to be at those games and, uh, again, who, what players that we're looking at and uh, who we need second looks and third looks at.
2: Are you traveling to any bowls yourself, or are you going to be, you know, back at Saints Camp?
4: Uh, I'll be at Saints Camp for most of the team by team bowl season, but um, generally, I, my, some of my best uh, games are here in the Sugar Bowl. But unfortunately, we uh are heading to Philly the same day as the Sugar Bowl, so. Um, but I'll be very active in the All Star games and things like that. Some of my scouts are kind of hitting some hitting the road during the bowl season. So, and sometimes the you know those are a uh, uh, little bit more difficult to get to for some reason. But um, so we handpick where we where we need to go and who we need to see.
2: It feels like, and this is just uh, you know uh, 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 an opinion. It feels like the All Star games are somewhat cyclical in their, in their meeting. And I feel, you know, in, in Mobile and the senior bowl and have watched that kind of grow and, and shrink and grow. And it just feels like now these all-star uh, games have uh, at least a, a deeper presence or, or more meaning. And maybe that's, maybe that's just an opinion. I'm just curious.
4: Well, they've always had the same value for me. Um, and just because it's really, you know, these all-star games, we, it's really the first time we have the opportunity to really sit down and visit with the player. Um, so it's always had a, a meaningful, you know, time for us, um, and, and very important time for you know for us because you know there's just so much work that goes into those All-Star games in terms of you're getting to know the kid, you're getting to know the athlete, you're getting to know the personality. Um, in some cases, it may be my first opportunity to get my eyes on. On, on the player. Um, you get to compare him to other really good players at that same position. Uh, you get to size him up from a, um, you know, from a body type standpoint, really get a good feel for what they look like. You know, that's always the first thing I say in scouting is, does he look like an NFL football player? And, uh, you know, that's why we you know, sit in a room and kind of watch him, um, you know, from how big are their quads, how big are their shoulders,
2: and things like that. So they have to pass the eyeball test first. Have the bowl games this year, it feels like maybe more than normal, I don't know, uh, with players opting out or not playing. And I'm not really really kind of comparing it to the COVID years because that's kind of uh, unfair. But is it harder to kind of uh, digest and do the research that you need to do uh, this bowl season?
4: Well, for the bowl season itself, when when it's uh, a college versus another college, yeah, it's a little frustrating. Um, look, I understand it. Um, these players want to make sure that they're healthy going into you know the All Star game and into the the combine and the pro day you know circuit. Uh, they want to make sure they're healthy. I get it. Um, you know, just here, uh, you know, South Alabama is playing Western Kentucky and. I was interested in a couple of players uh, at Western Kentucky, and I found out that one wasn't playing in the in the bowl game. It was an opportunity for me to be right there and and um, you know and and evaluate him and uh, you know. So it's uh, you know sometimes it's unfortunate, you know, it, but I understand it. I, I get it. It's not something that I'm mad about or um, you know. It, it's it's uh, it's a personal choice, and uh, I wish they wouldn't. I wish they would fill it finish out there their uh, their their college uh, career um on a good note and on a competitive note from that standpoint but i understand it
2: has nil name image and likeness and or the transfer portal impacted uh how you do your job
4: oh not necessarily uh it's added another feature to to scouting um I somehow feel like it could be a positive thing for college football. Uh, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. But, uh, uh, but in this in this sense, I do think that uh, less juniors um, potentially could come out based on the ability to have some money in their pocket if they stay in school. And, you know, if you have someone going to give them some guaranteed money to stay in school and play their last year of college football, then why wouldn't you take that? Um, so, and that, that's a, that's a, just another way of looking at it, um, versus going into the, the draft, which is, you know, it's a little bit of a risk for, you know, some of these mid-level to late level, uh, draft choices. So, you know, take the guarantee, the money in hand, um, uh, play another year of football, maybe, maybe allow yourself to, uh, develop and get more mature, get bigger, stronger, um, and and then you know so that's that's kind of the, the that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it. I, I, I do see that. I don't know the total numbers of the juniors that will declare this year, but I'm feeling like there's going to be less, which will be which will break about a 15 year trend of of juniors coming out and each year it being a larger number.
2: Right. And maybe this is something that gets uh, you know looked at five years down the road and exactly what you say, it, it, it's benefit uh, to, to having those juniors stay another year. And, and maybe they, they wouldn't have. They and we'll know maybe, maybe this year, but in five years, you're really going to know what this right. has done, you know, for, you know, for college football and, and pro football.
4: Yeah, exactly. And look, I always feel like, a, you know, unless you're going to be a really high pick and you're really prepared for the National Football League, you need to stay in school. Um because it's not really where you're going to get drafted it's 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 how you are prepared for the national football like how you prepare to handle you know these grown men that are that are up against you or the grown men that you're competing against or with you know you have to be ready to have staying power in the national football league if you want to um, get a second contract which is everybody's goal is to get that next contract or that second contract and so not where you're drafted. It's um, it's it's are you ready for this profession?
2: So we were talking with Mickey uh, previously, kind of. I was my, my question to him was kind of what his world was like. Uh, was he looking at some of the college results or bowls and or the staying with the Saints and the next opponent that kind of thing? And he was like, you know, in his world, it's it's really. Saints and and while it's all happening down the hall with your world they don't really collide till till after the season so as we're as we're sitting here now three games left in the middle of the bowl season as the bowl season wraps up beginning of the year your staff will come together create I don't know if it's a document or and then you'll start meeting with Mickey yeah
4: um, so we'll get we'll give him once our season's over me, Look, he's being humble. Um, he, he, His worlds collide in a million different ways. He's just being humble because, um, you know, he's aware of the college football season. He's obviously aware of, of pending free agents uh, in, in, in the pro world. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that he's aware of all the really good players. Uh, look, you can't watch them all from his seat. I've tried it, and you can't. Um, I can't even watch every single one of them in a, in a college season, so it takes me, you know, eight to nine months to be able to get my eyes on every single player. So yeah, it's a document, it's a list, it's several pages long of guys that we're trying to track and and keep track of, and um, you know, but 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 but, but all you know, his his world is always colliding with college and pro, and as well as mine.
2: More with Jeff Ireland coming up after this quick break. This is the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We are speaking with Jeff Ireland, Vice President, Assistant General Manager, and Director of College Personnel and Scouting. And again, I, I mentioned Mickey because I know he, he's, he tells us that he's just, he's always watching football, no matter what it is. It's just It's on the television. And I was curious if you're the same because we just wrapped up what was The craziest week of NFL football. I know you're the college world, but week 15 in the NFL is something I've never seen before across the board.
4: It was amazing, Um, and I'm, gosh, I'm always watching football. I'm, you know, unfortunately, I can only have two sets of eyes. I wish I had six sets of eyes, but that's why you have scouts. I mean, this last weekend, I was going back and forth from the uh, the Division II playoffs, the one double FCS. Uh, playoffs to the 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 Minnesota game um, back and forth from you know there I was watching South Dakota and Montana State play and there across the ticker comes the the Minnesota Vikings coming back they just tied the ball games up so I just watched the play or the uh, the overtime with the, the Colts and and the Vikings and then back to the South Dakota game because I was just interested in some players on on those rosters and uh, yeah, it's a, when there's football on, uh, I can assure you that all eyes are on the television. My wife is hating me for
2: it this time of year. <laughs> this time of year, I can, I, I can totally uh, understand. And yeah, three 17-point comebacks, one of them being Cincinnati, which of course was very important uh, in the Saints world. But just insanity. I mean, and again, just how would you have liked to have been the coach or the general manager who had to walk up to the microphones post New England and Vegas? I mean, gosh, I mean just there, things, there are things they're things you just Look, thought you'd I, never I listen see before. To them
4: because you, you gotta listen to how they handle those situations <laughs> because you never know when you're gonna be put in that uh, in that situation. So uh, my hat's off for uh, everyone that did do that, because man, it's not easy. I tell you what, it's not easy. It's it's a tough world out there.
2: We see these relationships with teams and schools. Uh, the Saints have been very, you know, certainly uh, re- not reliant, but they've had a great relationship with Ohio State. Cleveland has a great relationship with LSU. They have six LSU players on the roster. Two are on on injured reserve, but man, six is a lot. Is that is that based on hey, we know the school, it's good reputation. You create a relationship or, you know, kind of all of the above. We just see these, you know, certain teams have certain relationships with certain colleges.
4: Well, look, I think a lot of that is coincidence. Um, But a lot of it is relationship too. So uh, never my wildest dreams that I think that would have, you know, as many as Ohio State players as as we do, Um, you know, but – but when you when you go down that, when you go down that pipe uh, and it works out for you, then you're you're certainly not hesitant in going down that path again. And I think that's probably the same with Cleveland with LSU players. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of LSU players over the years that we've that we've fallen in love with, and for whatever reason, we just can't get our get can't get our hands on. It was a situation where, you know, that, that that player went right before us or we had another need at that position where we, we may have coveted. And, you know, sometimes it's a lot of coincidence that you end up with a bunch of players from one school. But um, I know from our standpoint, we feel comfortable with um, the information that we get at, in particular Ohio State as well as many, many other schools, um, including LSU. Um, and it just happens to uh, work
2: out that way. This team's success through the years, and still so with undrafted free agents, uh, Justin Evans, Rashid Shaheed, Javon Johnson. I mean, you, is that is that a kind of an organizational um, uh, philosophy where you're not afraid to take a chance? And then not everybody's going to be in that, that top seven. Shaheed's a perfect example. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, as to maybe your thoughts on why this team has been so uh, successful with undrafted free agents or your scouting staff or just kind of, you know, it, your thoughts on
4: that? Well, I, look, it's a product of uh, hard work, um, uh, really good scouts, uh, a great philosophical approach from our GM that we need to expand our draft with, with players that are going to make our team, induce our team with young, uh, talent. Um, and, and then a little bit of the scouting product in terms of how we direct our scouts and making sure that we have a clear vision for the player. And, um, and sometimes that clear vision means, Hey, that that guy is going to be a really good backup player at some point. We're not, you know, we got to know exactly what we have and what we're drafting, what we're signing. Um, and, and, and to the credit of uh, Jawan and Rashid and those guys guys, their, 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 their makeup is a make it type of football personality that we're looking for. Those, those kinds of personalities are, they make it in our league and, and we research it. We, we study it. Uh, that kind of um, person and his will to and drive to succeed, is what we're looking for, and when we identify that, we go out and aggressively try to sign those type of players.
2: Do you get as much satisfaction from a Rashid Shahid, undrafted Weber State FCS, as you do from you know uh, alonji Taylor and that that kind of thing? Is is there or maybe maybe who knows? Maybe a little more, like a little I found this you know diamond in the rough kind of thing.
4: Well, for the area scout that finds you know a Rashid Shahid, I can assure you that area scout. Has probably more pride in finding a player because, look, just because we got him in free agency doesn't mean that he didn't jump on the table for that guy in the fifth round. And maybe we we had someone else, or, and then he jumped on the table again in the sixth round. And, you know, so there, there's a lot of things that go into, um, you know, getting your hands on a Rasheed Shahid. I mean, we took our chances with Rashid because he hadn't torn ACL through the spring. Um i'd say it was a good collaborative effort between our scouts and our coaches um, and then when you have that collaborative effort and and everything comes together and say yeah we want that particular player and then we put him on the board and he's there after the draft you do everything in your power to get that player on your team when that you know when all that comes together um, you, you and then to Mickey, you know well, i give mickey uh, kudos is that he allows me to go out and negotiate a contract that uh, that gets him on our team so um, it's, 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 kind of, it's again it's the organization, it comes from Mickey's leadership, um, it comes from our scouts, hard work on the road uh, and again you know, it goes back to the player and him having the, the drive that, that we're looking for on this football team
2: And Mickey talked about it and that's the situation that you guys are facing this weekend in Cleveland, weather, snow good gosh, everything and just trying to You know, uh, move an organization uh, a day early. I'm just curious because Mickey's talked about it from the from the pro side, from your side. You got scouts out all over the place, and and yourself. Is there impact uh, because of this whole situation of of the snow in Cleveland and leaving early uh, in in your world?
4: Nah, not really. I can take my work on the road just like I do every single week, and so it uh, it probably gives me a few more hours in a hotel to do a little bit more work uh, instead of. uh, driving across the bridge and uh, going home for dinner. And um, my wife's not gonna be real happy when I tell her that we're leaving a day early. But um, um, for me, it, it doesn't really change too much. I can I can take my work on the road. And then again, I'll probably get a few more hours of work uh, in while I'm, uh, while I'm on the road, so.
2: Is it, has the digital world, like I'm thinking back to in the day when you couldn't just, you know, record 20 games or stream or, do, you know, when you had to try to get tape on, on on teams and play I mean'm I'm, I'm old enough to know I mean I, I you know three quarter inch tape and trying to get stuff and I'm thinking now it's just a, it's got to be a different world uh, to be able to get information on players
4: well you see all the kids around today you know they're on their phones constantly and they can bring up information you know faster than you can you can you can blink and uh, that's that's our world today and uh, we can stream football I can put an entire College football season on a computer or an iPad. Um, you know, Michael Parenting can do the same thing on an NFL season. Um, we have it at the you know, and then we can cut up. We can cut it up into ways. That I get give me just give me just the the rushes or just the just the pressures. Give me just his catches. Give me just his targets. And so we can manipulate the video digitally to where we can you know get exactly what. We want to see and then there were, these, we're just 10 times more efficient when it comes to uh you know the digital world that we live in today
2: well it's a busy time for for everyone the holidays uh safe travels for you a uh, best of, of the holiday season to you and your family and uh you know just continued success cleveland what one, one at a time
4: that's right one at a time and same uh, happy holidays to you too Mike.
2: that's right snow wind and a high temperature On Saturday, expected in the teens in Cleveland. A big one for the Saints, hoping for a big finish. Thanks for listening to the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio
1: Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?